Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Hey, we are in week four of our series, How to Be Thankful Even When Things Don't Go My Way. Let's dive in. We're going to go to our series text found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. And the Bible says this, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. During this series, we have taken the life of Jonah, an individual and a prophet who lived during the same time as Elijah and Elisha, powerhouse prophets, yet Jonah didn't really fit the mold of Elijah and Elisha, lived under their shadow, and God had called him to do some unique things. As we have discussed in the last three uh, messages uh, in this series, we talked about understanding the assignment. Jonah's uh, assignment was to go to Nineveh, yet he runs from God, but we realize the assignment really isn't based on the what and the where as much as it is focusing on the who, and that who is Jesus through an attitude of gratitude, through thanksgiving. Uh, And then the week after that, we worked on bringing a flashlight. So Jonah has found himself in the belly of a fish, and there he is, and we're talking about making sure that the flashlight, the flashlight of thanksgiving can shine around us, even in the dark places where we feel swallowed up, when we feel underwater, when we feel so pressed down by the pressure uh, that Thanksgiving actually can shine a light on the good things that are actually around us, even though we feel uh, hopeless or in despair. And then last week, last week we covered uh, working through and, 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 and finding not only, not only the will of God in giving thanks, but actually be doing the will of God uh, in reaching people. That was the heart through redemption and, and regeneration. And our, our mission is to be a message of reconciliation to the world. And Jonah goes to Nineveh and preaches what God had given him. And then God changed his mind and he moved the goalpost for them. And, and, and that's kind of where we're at today. So we see this, this prophet who runs he, he finds himself overboard in the belly of a fish. He spit up uh, on the land, preaches to Nineveh, tells them the message, and then now Jonah is upset, and that's where we're going to pick up in Jonah chapter 4. He's upset that God changed his mind. God had told Jonah, I'm going to destroy him, but after he preached the message to them, Nineveh changed their mind. They changed their actions, and the Bible says that God changed his mind towards Nineveh and did not destroy them. And that's where we're going to pick up Jonah chapter 4. I'm going to read the entire chapter. It's only 11 verses, uh, but it gives us context for what I'm going to talk about here today. Uh, And so it reads like this. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this? Lord, that is why I ran away to Tarsus. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. 
And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. And then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And that's how the entire book and story of Jonah ends, is God asking Jonah a question about his character. Why do you feel angry about this? Should, should I have to feel sorry for all of this? And, and that's where we find the ending of the story of Jonah. It ends abruptly but it still brings us a beautiful, beautiful picture of a lot of what not to do. That's the thing. We can learn from people of what to do, but we can also learn from them of what not to do. And so I want to title today's talk, Use Your Cheat Codes. Use Your Cheat Codes. We've been given some cheat codes. Now, many of us, uh, if we're old enough, will remember some of the uh, retro gaming systems. And if you were like me, uh, we we kind of lived for those moments where we could come home from school, put the backpack down, and jump on that original Nintendo. Uh, there was a game called Contra back in the day that really introduced everyone to the cheat codes. And so with Contra, if you started the game, you could press up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, and it would give you 30 extra lives. This was an incredible cheat code because it was almost next to impossible to beat the game without the cheat code. And even with the cheat code, you still had to work hard and it wasn't a cakewalk to get through it. And I want to just kind of discuss this today that there's actually things that God has placed in our lives to give us some cheat codes to overcome, to come through the things we are struggling with. And one of those is being able to be thankful in all circumstance. It's a cheat code that will help you get through the trouble that you're dealing with. But how do we be thankful? That's the question of this entire series. How can I actually have thanksgiving in my heart? How can I have a perspective of gratitude when everything else around me isn't going my way, it's falling apart, things are upside down, I feel underwater, I feel spit up, I feel thrown overboard, I feel swallowed up, how can I be thankful in the middle of this? Well, Jonah shows us a life lived that things never went his way. He didn't want to go to Nineveh, and yet God provides a fish and a storm, gets him to Nineveh. He preaches to Nineveh, hoping that God will destroy Nineveh, and then God doesn't destroy Nineveh. And then Jonah pouts about it, he whines about it, and he goes and sits at the east side of the city, hoping that God will change his mind again and actually destroy the city, and then God doesn't do that. In fact, God raises up a broad, leafy plant to cover Jonah, 
and Jonah is eased from his discomfort, and that's the only time in this chapter we find that Jonah's thankful. The Bible says that Jonah actually gave thanks for the plant, yet the next morning God arranged a worm to actually eat through the plant and destroy it, and when he did that, then Jonah complained and whined again because things weren't going his way. The moment he thought that he had comfort and ease, God arranged something else to take that out. And I want to talk about some cheat codes of how to get through things and how to be thankful even when things don't go your way. Number one is this. We need to learn to fire the whiner. All of us inside have an inner whiner. We have a whiner within us, one that complains, one that grumbles. In fact, that's what the Bible says that, that, that Jonah did. He complained to the Lord that God actually changed his mind. He was actually trying to teach God a lesson when God wasn't interested in Jonah teaching him a lesson. God was trying to teach Jonah the lesson. And Jonah is whining. He's complaining. He's grumbling. He's having this issue. But what I've realized is this, is the moment that we identify why we're whining, the moment we do an internal search, like what is it? Is it just because things aren't going our way? Is this because I don't agree with this? Is it because you know I, I perceived or had a different expectation of how this whole thing was going to work out and that's why I'm whining? Because typically, typically it's because it's not going our way. It's not going how we expected it. And so we whine and we complain. And I've realized that it can come from negative voices around us. And there may be people that are constantly telling you that you can't do it. Or they'll tell you who you can't become. And they'll tell you what God could never do through you. But the greatest liar and the greatest whiner oftentimes comes from within. It doesn't come from people around you all that often. It comes from within. They may have negative voices. They may say negative things. They may whine about their circumstance or their condition, but whining does not typically come from others. It comes from within. And when we end up getting a whining attitude, we start turning away from the will and the purpose of God and we start focusing on our own selfish desires instead of God's desire for our life. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 10, Paul is talking to the church in Corinth and he says this, Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. Now I'm going to hold up here because I've got some more to read in this chapter, but I just want to pause here and, and dissect some of this. He said there's actually some of them that died by snake bites. Now he's talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness, but I want to bring it into our modern day world. There are times that you're going to be bitten. You're going to be betrayed. You're going to have people turn their back on you. They're going to say negative and hurtful things about you. They're, in fact, going to try to destroy your character, and we'll oftentimes call that like we're getting bit. Someone's biting at us. There's, and he says you can actually die by snake bites. And the reality is for you, this, as we're talking through this, is that you can actually die by the snake bites of others. But you've got, you've got an antidote to protect yourself against that venom, and that cheat code is called Thanksgiving. Because when you learn to fire the whiner, the snake bite 
becomes less effective. Because it doesn't matter what they say, because if your reputation is built on Jesus and his perfect will for you, then it doesn't matter what others say or how they talk about you, how they perceive you. It doesn't matter because you're done with the comparison game. You're done with all of that. And suddenly now the snake bites aren't as potent or as violent. And then he says this, and some of them grumbled, and they were destroyed by the angel of death. What I'm trying to get at today is this, is that whining and grumbling and complaining can actually destroy your life, not so much in the snake bite, but as the whiner within, continually looking for the negative things, continually looking for the rough things, continually seeing all the things that are against you and not looking for the things that are actually for you. And so you're struggling and just like the game called Contra, you're running out of lives and God's like, I've given you a cheat code called Thanksgiving and the moment that you fire the whiner, you can gain an extra set of lives and live better than going through what you're going through. And I've realized this, that the scripture tells us that we want to pray and we want to believe and, and we, want to, we want to ask God for things that are in heaven and bring them to earth. So what Jesus was teaching when he was teaching about prayer is that when we pray, we actually bring heaven to earth. And I've got to thinking about this. That is through an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving and faith and belief and all of that. That's all the positive. But the moment that we start whining, grumbling, and complaining, if we can attract heaven, then we can also attract hell. The choice is ours. If you can attract heaven in thanksgiving and faith and believing, then I believe that you can attract hell through the grumbling, the complaining, and the whining. In fact, 1 Corinthians 10, we're going to read on in what I just read there earlier, says this, these things happen to them. So the snake bites and the grumbling, the death by the snake bites and the angel of death by the grumbling, these things happen to them as an example for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. If you think you are strong or standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Did you notice the key cheat code in here? The game of life is being played. The things are happening. Snake bites are happening. Bad things are happening. Things aren't going your way. But did you catch the cheat code? The cheat code was this, that God is faithful. He's not going to allow the temptation to be placed on you more than you can bear. It's not the circumstances of life. That's not what the scripture says. It says the temptation, he's always going to provide you a way out. There's always a cheat code, but the reality is, is God is faithful. And the moment I begin thanking him for his faithfulness, brings me from attracting hell, so I start attracting heaven. I turn to his faithfulness because, like me, you're sitting here today realizing that God has been faithful to you through thick and through thin. And I believe today that we can give thanks to God simply because he is faithful. If nothing else happens, if nothing else goes your way today, you can be thankful that he is faithful even 
when everything else is falling apart. I cannot allow, and I cannot stress enough to you that we cannot allow the whiner within to win. You have been given a greater task, a greater call, and you've been called to fire the whiner. The language of heaven is promises and fulfillment, not problems. But life is full of problems, constantly presenting us with issues and turmoil. But today, it's about what you speak about. It's what you focus on. So if you begin to speak the right language, you're going to start watching the promises of God unfold and show you a solution to your problem. So when things don't go my way, I fire the whiner and thank him for his uh, faithfulness. Number two is this, that we need to learn to kill the worm. The worm, you know, the worm that is constantly causing havoc, that is constantly eating at our life. It's the irritant. It's the small thing that seems so insignificant in the moment, yet produces bigger issues in the long run. Jonah is at a moment where he's stuck. He's stuck in his own whining and complaining and his own concept. Things aren't going my way, so I'm going to cross my arms. I'm going to stick my lip out. I'm going to pout and whine about it. And suddenly God raises up and grows this leafy plant over him. He's suddenly thankful for the ease and the comfort of this plant. And then it says that God also prepared a worm. The little thing, the little irritant, the thing that came in and destroyed it. Because oftentimes we can get stuck in the ease and comfort that we forget about the benefits of God. And oftentimes pain is an incredible revealer of our character. Jonah had a wrong relationship with the plant. He was grateful to God because of what God did to him. He was grateful because he was sitting in ease and comfort. It was the only time in this in this chapter, that he gave thanks was because he was in ease and comfort. It was the only time that Jonah began to reflect on the goodness of God. He was upset that God wasn't killing people. In fact, did you notice he was so upset that he even said, I knew that your character was one that you would rush to, to, to forgive people and love people and save people. I knew that was your character. Suddenly, Jonah's expressing internally what is really on the inside of Jonah. He wants death and destruction to these people. It's not the heartbeat of God because pain will oftentimes reveal your character. Jonah, Jonah is attached to the plant through a wrong relationship, but he's attached to a plant that is about to wither. And I've learned that ease and comfort withers. Suddenly you'll come up quickly and it'll also die as quickly. You've seen that in your life. You'll see moments and seasons where things are going great and incredible things are happening and then all of a sudden that seems to wither off and, and, and die. Can you be thankful even when the plant withers and the worm is prepared? I want to I help you learn that the worm, the worm for us, we oftentimes will point fingers at the worm and blame the worm and, and curse the worm. And, and the reality is, is that what we need to do is literally just stop paying attention to the worm. We need to kill the worm through humility. Not allow the worm to have the power over our life that that small irritant doesn't have the power that we give it so many times. The thing that made Jonah so happy 
is now gone and he's angry because this worm ate it. And Jonah is like, I'm so angry. I'm done living. Kill me now. Death is easier than living in this heat and living without this comfort. What is your I'm so today? Where are you at in that spectrum? Maybe you're here and you're saying, I'm so lonely. Can't find the right individual to spend my life with. And every relationship I try, it seems to wither and die. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I'm so tired. I'm just so worn out. My job is just frustrating me. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of working on this relationship. I'm so tired of of trying to make ends meet. I'm so tired of raising these kids. I'm so tired of being by myself. I'm so tired. What is your I'm so today? Maybe Maybe you're watching this and you're saying, I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I don't understand why God would cause this. I'm so angry that I don't I don't understand why I'm going through that. Or maybe you're saying I'm so angry because things aren't going my way. I'm so or maybe you're saying I'm so done. I'm so done with with the way the world is going. I'm so done with the way things are taking place. I'm so done. And I want to change your I'm so from the negative to the positive. What if we replace the lonely and the tired and the angry and the done with saying, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Because pain is the catalyst of change. C.S. Lewis said it like this, pain is God's megaphone to a deaf world. Pain is calling out to us. It's reminding us that we're alive. It's pain is, is reminding us that we can exist. And, and, and if we give the worm power, it will cause us to get stuck making statements instead of asking questions. And questions will lead to resolutions. And the question that we need to be asking is this, what change will this make in me? What change will this worm bring? What change will this plant bring? What change will this thing go? And things may not be going my way, so what change will this pain bring in me? In fact, Romans 12 and 2 says it like this, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Did you see that? The cheat code. The cheat code is allowing God to change the way you think. And then he'll change you into a new person. And then you will know God's will. Maybe the reason you haven't known God's will is because you're still not a new person. You're still the same old Jonah complaining and grumbling and I'm so angry when God is wanting to change you into I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Thanksgiving will change you when we realize that we can be thankful even when we're in pain because Thanksgiving requires humility and no worm can survive humility. The moment I become humble because Thanksgiving produces humility and humility shows where we're vulnerable. And if we can be vulnerable with God, God can change the rest. The worm doesn't have the power God still has the power. The power only comes to what I give it. So if I give my anger power, it's going to grow. 
If I give my loneliness power, it's going to succeed. If I give my frustration power, it will overcome. But if I give God the power, if I give God the power through thanksgiving and gratitude, watch the promises of God begin to unfold, and I'm going to kill the worm through an action of humility. You want a cheat code today? Kill the worm with humility. And finally, my last cheat code for you this this time is this, that we need to learn how to put down the cup. Put down the cup. What I'm trying to get at is this. How do we respond when, quote-unquote, this happens? What I mean by that is, is what, when, when that certain person comes around, when that certain thing happens, when, when we do get betrayed, when things don't go our way, how do we respond when this happens? See, I, I believe that Thanksgiving is the gateway to wisdom. And it was Jesus that taught us that when he was praying in the garden and he said something to the effect of, I don't want to suffer through this. I don't want to go to the cross. But if you'll take this cup from me. In other words, what he's saying is that if you'll take this circumstance, if you'll take this thing that is so full. And then Jesus said, the most amazing words. He said, not my will, but your will be done. What he did was, even when the cup wasn't taken from him, he put the cup down and gave it to God. The cup represents all the things that we fill our life, our mind, and our heart with. The anxiety, the fear, the things that don't go our way. We start filling our cup. Now, the weight of all of that is very sustainable at first. And I can hold this cup out, you know, for a few minutes, and that weight doesn't change. In fact, I could hold this cup all day, and the weight of the cup doesn't change, but the pressure on my arm and my shoulder and my muscles and my nerves begin to change. The longer I hold this, I can hold this cup for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I could hold this cup for an hour and my, my hand's going to get a little sore. That cup's going to start feeling a little heavier. I could hold this for five hours and suddenly now my, my arm is going to have a little couple spasms and, and my shoulder's going to start hurting. And if I hold this cup all day, it's going to be unbearable. It's not about the weight that's in the cup but it's about how long I'm holding what's in the cup. And you're feeling under pressure, you're feeling underwater, you're feeling swallowed up because you've been carrying things for longer than you should have. You're holding on to things longer than you should have. And the reality is, is when I begin to give thanks to God, I can put down all of this and give it to Him like the Bible says, if I will cast my cares on him, and I do that because he cares for me. But the moment I begin to put my cup down through an attitude of thanksgiving is the moment I have freedom and liberty to worship, to give, to respond to this correctly. Because you can surrender the cup of thanks or suffering by giving thanks in all circumstance. I put down the cup. Even if the cup is not taken from me, I can still put it down. Because pain 
reminds us it does not define us. This just reminds us that God has been good through it all. But this does not define me. And the moment I carry it longer than it should, it begins to define my life. But pain is only there to remind us, not to define us. And I've realized that gratitude doesn't remove the pain. It's not that the cup is suddenly taken away, taken out of the shot, pulled out of my life, and suddenly that that gratitude is this monster pain reliever. No, no, no. Gratitude does not remove the cup. It simply allows us to put the cup down so I can focus on better things. Gratitude can transform my common days into answered prayers, turn routine jobs into joy, and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. Because gratitude changes the entire picture. Your cheat code is learning to put down the cup. And finally, 1 Thessalonians 5, the setting of our scripture, our text. I want to read you before and after and put it all into context because Paul says there are some monster cheat codes to give you a revitalization to your life and your energy and your sight. And he says this in verse 15, see that no one pays evil for evil. Jonah, you need to hear it today. You're not paying evil. God, I hope you destroy them because you've destroyed, they've destroyed others. And you're not paying evil for evil. That's a cheat code. But always try to do good to each other and to all people. When you start looking and focusing, you start putting the cup down and you start reaching into the cheat code of life and you start doing good for all people. And then he says in verse 16, always be joyful. Verse 17, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Put down the cup and hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen For he who calls you is faithful. There's your cheat codes. There's your cheat codes on how to be thankful even when things don't go your way. Father, today I thank you for your many gifts and your many blessings in our lives. I thank you for your provisions and your grace and your mercy. I thank you that you have reconciled us to yourself Today, I'm asking that you would help me to use the cheat codes that you've given me. Today, I'm willing to put down the cup. I'm willing to kill the worm. And I'm willing today to see you fire the whiner within me. Today, I'm asking that you would do incredible things in my life and through me. Today, I'm yours. So I give you my life and I say yes to you. My decision is to make a fresh start. From now and forever, I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. I hope and pray that this series has blessed you, that you have seen a brand new start in your life, that when you feel like things aren't going your way, you can still be thankful because gratitude is your way out. And I will hope today that you've given your life to Jesus. And if you've made a fresh start, I want you just to DM us, send us a message on our uh, website or reach out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, any of those platforms will work. Just let us know how this series has impacted you and what changes has been made because we want to see what God has done in you and through you. I hope that you're blessed. Remember, we need to be thankful even when things don't go our way. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.